Good morning to everybody on this 12th of July. Goeiemorgen allemaal en weer sikke tyd. Ons is in een lekker koue, koue tyd weer en ons vertrou die Heere dat jylle harte warm sal wees. That your hearts will be warmed by the word this morning and that you'll be really touched. It's going to be a challenging word because I don't believe that God never challenges us. He loves us tremendously. But sometimes he does give a challenge. And part of that challenge is because God knows the potential within you. And therefore he'll constantly stir you to go to new heights. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, that everyone who's watching and listening will be blessed, will be strengthened, challenged, and will be able to put into action what we all hear today. And we give you all the praise and the glory for this privilege. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I've touched on being untangled about thoughts and that your life starts in your thought world. And that's where we take captive the thought before it becomes an action, positive or negative. You take action after listening to God's thoughts implanted into your head then you will reap a wonderful harvest of action and lifestyle. Or the negative, you can end up having a totally destroyed life because you are obeying the wrong voices, the wrong thoughts, and the wrong temptations. You're allowing it to become action. And we never succeed like that. And so today we're going to build on a little bit more, especially for people who are watching and you're a Christian and you really want to grow in the Lord. Today is a very, very important word. You will see... There's a famous mountain in the world, and long ago I touched on it, and, and it's not the same. I'm just using this as an introduction to, to make a point this morning. There's a famous mountain in the, in the world that if I had to say to you, what is the most famous mountain you, you, you know of or have heard of? You're probably going to end with Mount Everest. And you can have a look at the picture of Mount Everest. Mount Everest has been a challenge for many, many people, many years, to conquer to get to the top, to lift their hands in victory and say, I've overcome, I've conquered. It's interesting, nearly all the mountains were conquered long ago, but it was only in 1953, the 29th of May. And that sounds long ago, it was not so long ago. 1953, Edmund Hillary and his Sherpa guide, Tenzing Norgay, conquered Everest. And you can look at the next pic. You'll see it was in the London Herald and the main, the main headlines in the London Herald in 1953 were Everest conquered with a picture of Edmund Hillary standing on the top of the mountain with a flag. Lovely story. But few people know what it took to get there. And so we will, we will just open up one or two little parts about this. If you look at, at, the, at the next picture, just three pictures of Everest, we're seeing in, in lately or 2018 and, and 2019 and, and now with the, the lockdown, I don't know how much activity, but Everest is now jam-packed. There is crowds that they actually have, have traffic jams to get to the top. It's become very, very popular. Not easy, but very popular. Because one man conquered, and others believe they can also conquer. And obviously it's within the, 
the, the, the passion or the choice of the people who are climbing it. If you look at that picture, you see the crowd of, of climbers pursuing to get to the top. But an interesting fact today still, and here's where we begin, an interessante feit vandag, oor die klim van die berg Everest, is the following. The ancient paths and the ancient patterns to get to the top have never changed from 1953 to 2020. There's only one, two or three maybe paths to get to the top. There's no shortcuts. And the patterns used to get to the top can never be broken. Yes, it's modern. The technology's changed. The doctors in the different camps, the base camp and, and the different camps, they've got communication. They've got blood pressure and heart monitors on the climbers. They can regulate and tell them how they're doing. But the climber, to have the conquering victory at the end, still has to follow the same ancient paths and he has to follow the same patterns. Get to a certain camp, acclimatize, come down, then go back again, stop, wait, go back down, then go up again, and then they reach what they call at 8,000 meters, the death zone. And from 1953 to now, the death zone hasn't changed. If you want to conquer and get to the top, you have to follow strict guidelines. Else you're just not going to make it. No shortcuts. And the title today is, God wants you to experience victory. God wants you to experience what it means to be a real conqueror. And last week we spoke on thoughts. This all starts in thoughts. So I want you to keep that in the background because we're building on that now. I want to swing to our lifestyle today on, on the foundation of a famous quote that Edmund Hillary made in a few attempts to climb Everest. There was times that climbers got to only a few hundred foot from the top and they had to turn back. They couldn't go further. And in one of the times that Edmund Hillary, the man who conquered, couldn't get to the top, walked back, and one of his famous quotes is he turned to Everest, he looked at the mountain, and he said the following words, Everest, you have grown all you can, but I am still growing. And he came back and he conquered. How about you, Christian, today? Do you utter the same words with the challenges we're facing in life? We said last week, there's nothing new on earth, the Bible says. What you're facing, the temptations you are facing, the tests and the trials you are facing have been done. The Bible says there's nothing that is uncommon. So my question to you this morning is the following. Are you still growing today? Or is your growing and ascending being put on pause? Please don't. Yeah, but you don't understand, Pastor, with these economic times and with the coronavirus and the lockdowns. No, 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 no. Spiritual growth is not stopped and started by good or bad circumstances. In fact, the greatest conquering that the climbers have is when they cross over that death zone 
and they can fulfill that last stretch and they've conquered. And as Christians, God says, Christ has been up front. He's conquered death and sin. He's pioneered a way to stand and say he is the conqueror. 2,000 years ago, and now we quote scriptures. Ons koteer skrifte wat sê, Christus in my. Christus lei my. Is waar. Jy is een oorwinnaar. Maar het jy jou pad gepoos? Of is jy bereid om deur te druk? En in hierdie tyd oorwinning te smaak, to taste victory and conquering, that you thought you wouldn't be able to. Maybe you feel your life is in the death zone at this stage. There's threats. There's economic challenges. You say, Pastor, I'm in a death zone at the moment. It's okay. The one who went first has gone through that death zone and he's conquered and he says, I'm with you. I've conquered and I'm in you and I'm mentoring you to walk this journey because through me you are also more than a conqueror. I'd like you to look at the scripture and I want you to keep in mind the last part. Scripture will come up, Romans 8 verse 37. It says a very well-known verse that Christians love to quote. It says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I want you to put that word aside till later. Through him, I am more than a conqueror. Another question that I have for us all, for you, is what's your attitude presently to the real challenges you face as a Christian today? What's your attitude towards that? Not what's your knowledge about it. What's your heart attitude? Because that's where the thoughts are going to take place. The second question is, do you realize the benefits of pushing through in these times? And coming out victorious. It will lay something in your life. My broer, sister, that sal iets in jou leven achterlos, wat de fondatie is, wat niemand kan uithaal, as jy in hierdie tyd meer as een oorwinnaar sal leven. Ongeacht die omstandighede, ongeacht die altitude, en die swaar kry, en die berg, en die goed wat jy feis. We have a conqueror who's gone forward before us, we are now more than conquerors and we're in this challenge on this journey of life and stuff's getting thrown to us. I said last week or the week before, the world is under the control of the evil one. The world's not going to suddenly become a nice place and everyone's going to love everybody. But the church can stand up in the truth of who they are and the truth of who they are in Christus. I just chatting to Kareen, and I just shared the word with my wife. She said to me something profound. It's very simple. But I loved what she said, and I wrote it down. She said, Yes, Christ is in you, but nevertheless, there are no shortcuts to your personal victories. Christ paid the price. He's conquered and he'll journey with you. But there's no shortcuts to amazing victory for you and me. We have to walk the walk. In my stand, in Afrikaans, in my stand, 
is everything's paid for, it's done. But my walk, I have to walk with the Lord. And today, I'm going to be sharing a big one. My brothers and sisters, this is a big one. But I can share it confidently because I didn't write it. And I didn't put it in the Bible. It's a big one for us today because many of us are facing super big challenges. And I am in this world with you. I said last week the emphasis is we're not of this world. The emphasis isn't we're in this world. But something profound God has challenged me to share with you today for my own life. And we'll start with Luke, Lucas, Luke 6 verse 27. And Jesus says something profound. Something we know, this verse we know, and I'm going to only break the, break the verse open today. Jesus says something profound. He says, but to you who are listening. So I said, Lord, I'm listening. Don't just hear what I say. Listen. He says, but to you who are listening, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Now I'm not going to talk long uh, on the positive side of it. I love my wife, I love my children, I love my congregation. I do good to my kids, to my friends. I bless people. I like to be a blessing. I like to surprise people with a blessing. I like to bless people. I do. Karina and I. I like to pray for people. I pray for uh, my family, my wife, my children. I pray for the fellowship. I pray for our leaders. But in all those categories that I've just mentioned, Jesus doesn't talk about that group of people that you need to love and pray for and bless. He comes to a totally different group and he emphasizes the same words in the Greek that you're supposed to use for your family, your friends, your fellowship, the believers. The same words. He swings it over and he says, your enemies, those who hate you, those who curse you, and those who mistreat you, you've got to love, bless, pray, and do good to them. You see, my, my friend, if you do this, you and me, you'll start to conquer that Everest that, does, that wants to not let you have victory. If you do this, you will start to succeed in the death zone. Because there's threats. There's murderous threats. People are in danger. There's crime. There's threats to farmers. There's break-ins. There's unsure with the economy. People are making decisions that we WhatsApping and talking about that we think are silly decisions. And we feel angry with those who are mistreating us. Those who are cursing us and our identity. Those people who hate us for whatever reason we don't even know. Those people we can call our enemies. Jesus comes with a whole different swing and he says, I want you to love them. And I'll start with the first. We're just going to break the, the, the positive and the negative of these, these words up. If you're writing or if you pause and carry on, I want you to hear. It's very important. I'm challenged myself. The first part he says is love 
your enemies. He uses the very same word, agape. Unconditional love, which is an act of your will and not a feeling. Oh, I just feel like loving my enemies. No, he doesn't say you're going to feel like it. It's like God so loved the world. He gave his son. He says, I want you to love your enemies. Who's your enemies? In the original, I'm just sharing, I'm not going to give all the fancy names. In the original it says, those who are hostile towards you, those who have an irreconcilable hatred towards you, he classes in this verse as your enemies. And he says, those people, I want you to have an act of your will, to love them unconditionally like I've loved you. The big question is why? Why is this so important? And these are the few things that you've got to fix. And there's a pickup that just says, love your enemies. The first part is God commands you to love your enemies. So do it. Whatever God commands us to do will be the best advice to conquer that mountain. <laughs> do, do you hear me? When God commands it, it's the best for us. My reasoning can't push away that commandment and say that can't be the best. It is the best for us. He knows better. When those old timers climbed Everest and they started to guide the other guys to get to the top, they sure knew what they're talking about. To say when you get here, you must rather just stop then and, or there you must just quickly push through. Or, and God comes and he gives us certain commands that's for our best will. And one of them is love your enemies. The second is if you start to live a life of loving enemies, you will not even know it, but you'll start influencing people positively. I want to share a testimony. I have a young man who I've let go many times from my house, and, and he doesn't work for me anymore, and I get him to do what they call peace jobs now. He'll come and paint and help, and, and, he's, and he's, 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 he's disappeared many times. And I got him back again the other day and I was in the garage with him and, and I asked him a question. I said to him, I said, I want to ask you a very honest question. Don't be scared. What is the nicest thing you see in me, the one who's employing you? Yeah, you might laugh and say, silly question. No, no, no. I live in a different world. I'm from God's kingdom. I said, what do you like the most? I try to use terms you can understand. I said, what do you like the most about me? You know, he didn't say that you give me a job and you give me food. Do you know what he said? What I like about you the most is I see that you love everybody the same. Where he got that from, I don't know. He said, I've watched you mix with rich, poor, struggling people, troubled people. You, you, your attitude and your love for them is equal. I said, yeah. It's a testimony of Jesus, because he said I must love everybody. Is it easy? No. But it's part of my victory. The last one is if you love people, or love your enemies, peace will start to flood your heart, because you're not going to see everybody in this hatred eye. You're going to see people through the eyes of God. That fat nie die probleme weg nie. Dat bring vrede in jou eie hart. Dit sê nie, ek hardloop en soen allemaal nie. Maar het krijg vrede in my geest. The second one, and the peak will be up, 
But this pick is just, you are not everyone's cup of tea. That's the pick. It's do good to those who hate you. Not everybody's going to like you. So the ones who don't like you, you don't do good. No, you do good to those who hate you. That hate means denounce you. They say, I don't want you in my life. Do good to them. When you do good, you have the potential to motivate others to what is awesome and lovely. Don't stop doing good. Why? Why must I do good to everybody? Not just my family. Some people, their whole filter is their family and their children. It's dangerous. They'll do good and do everything for that group of people. Outside of that, nothing. Guys, don't do that. We don't give the same to others as we do to our kids. But don't do good to just one group of people. Because Jesus came and he did good to Samaritans, Jews, to Gentiles. And we're carrying that, you think back of that word, I'm more than a conqueror through him. He's walking this Everest with me. And it's very, very important what I'm saying. Is don't do good just to those people that are close to you. When you do good, it motivates others to something that's lovely. Why do I do it? First, it's the nature of Jesus. Secondly, when I do good, I'm putting seed in the ground for a great harvest. When I do bad, I harvest is not a good one. And so, the first one we said is love your enemies. It's possible. Because it's an act of my will. It's not a feeling. It's God's kind of love. The second is I do good to those who hate me. It's not everyone's cup of tea to say I like Alan. But you like me or not, I'm going to do good to you. Because I have the nature of Christ. I don't have a nature of good and bad. Hate and love. Salt, fresh water. Een fontein. Sout water, vars water. Kan nie werk uit een fontein. Heere sê dit. He said, surely you can't love the Lord and praise Him and then curse your brother with the same mouth. And God's challenging us. He says, in this death zone, I want you to conquer. Come through on top. The next one is, he says, and I love this one, he says, bless those who curse you. And that word bless and curse in the original, in this context, is, is more about the words bless. Also, bless, you put your hands on some people and you bless them. But you're not going to always get that right to people who curse you. But that bless is about the mouth. He says, the original, that word bless, he says, it's time for you to speak well of those who curse you. Speak well of those who curse you. Or speak well of those who speak evil. You speak evil of me, I speak well of you. Why? This is powerful. When I bless people, I allow God to take over that situation. Blessing is not good caring. Blessing is not condoning bad behavior. No. Blessing is speaking what God says over that person and the potential that God says that person has. When I bless people, God has the chance to take over and I stand back. Now here comes a big revelation today. He uses the word bless and curse. I want to tell you, blessing in the spiritual realm has greater power than curse. I will rather bless my enemy 
Because it's greater power than speaking out a curse over someone. I can't sit with someone who's offended me and say, in Afrikaans you laugh, you hear these words, excuse, might not be good Afrikaans. Jy het een situasie met iemand, en nou spreek jy, ek wens hy frek. Ek wens hy gaan net hel toe. Ek wens hy staan nooit op nie. Hy is maar net een ou stuk rubbish. That's cursing. Jesus isn't saying that about that person. But I can say, Lord, I want to bless that person. And I bless him with the ability to change his lifestyle from being wicked to godly. I bless him with ears that will hear your gospel. And I bless him with the insight to see what he's busy doing, that he's hurting people. There's more power in blessing people than cursing people. But we curse because it hurts our own emotions, so we just curse the situation. We curse the government. We curse politicians. We just, we speak out stuff and then the, and an hour later we go to bed with the Bible and say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, you are awesome God, I love you. God says, I, I love you too, but gee, you must stop cursing everybody around you. Because blessing as well fills your heart with God's aroma when you bless people. I hope that helps you. We're under pressure. We have a lot of reason to talk differently. But we also have a lot of reason to bless. If the Bible says, love your enemies, that means there's enemies. We've got a lot. If the Bible says, do good to those who hate you, means there's a lot of people out there that don't like you. If it says, bless those who curse you, there's many people there that curse you, curse your identity. Jealousy brings curse. Ah, oh, this guy, and he thinks he's this. And, and, and God says, yes, there's a lot of opportunity to do my will. Don't do the opposite. The last but not the least, and you'll see it on your pick, is the following. And it's, it's also, wow, man, it's beautiful. It says, pray for those who mistreat you. Pray. Stand in the gap and intercede. It's also like bless. Stand in the gap for those who mistreat you. I know my wife stands in the gap for me. We stand in the gap for people, but usually it's for good causes. Oh, hierdie oom is siek en ons moet vir die tani intree laat sy kan, dat sy kan deerdruk met die man wat, but when are we going to pray for the people who mistreat us? Different level, you're in the death zone. This is, this is, you're getting closer to that real, victorious, conquering spirit. And God says, this is not going to be easy, but this is what it takes to experience the victory that Christ has already got for you. It's done. Mistreat you means smears, smearing you and threatening you. To some of the people I want to talk political, sometimes there's political threats that come out. You get mistreated. There's stuff that says against farmers, says against certain cultural groups, and it wants to make you cringe because you're trying to love people and they say, no, nah, you're not really love. Your love's not sincere, and you just this and you that, and, and so we want to go into reaction against this. I feel mistreated sometimes. And God says, take your eyes off that. Pray. Intercede for those who mistreat you. Why? Because only God can change that situation. Let's start doing that. When you pray for people, you keep a godly focus, not only for family and friends, but when you pray for enemies, you keep a godly focus of what God's heart is for that. And when you pray for people who mistreat you, 
you start getting healing in your own heart. It's amazing. You get healing when you pray for those who've mistreated you. Obviously, starting with forgiving them and, and standing in the gap. Healing flows in your spirit. That's conquering. That's victory. Luke 6, verse 32, I won't spend a lot of time on it. It says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Verse 33, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what is credit to you? Even sinners do that. What does it help? We just love people who love us and do good to those who do good to us. Philippians 4, I finish off, and please remember that first verse in Romans 8, 37. Philippians 4, verse 13, it says the following. Well known. Don't quote this and run away. I'm serious. Pass your tests, my brothers. My sisters, pass. You are more. It says, I can do all things. Interesting. Through him who gives me strength. Romans 8 said, I'm more than a conqueror through him. I can do all things through him. May you keep overcoming in your walk with the Lord and take the victory seriously through him. My friends, God is the God of the impossible. It is possible to love your enemies through God's love. It is possible to do good to those who hate you. It is possible to bless those who curse you. It is possible to pray for those that even mistreat you. That is moeilijk om lief te hee jou vijande goed te doen vir hulle wat jou haat en een seen uit te spreek oor hulle wat jou vloek en te bid vir hulle wat jou misbruik wat reigemente teen jou maak. Hoe is dit moeilijk? In en dier hom wat reeds die berg oorwin het en hy sê in die geest is ek met jou ek stap met jou en ek wees jou hoe om hierdie death zone te kanker. The Herald said in London, 29th of May, or in June, it was in June 1953, I think it was the 2nd of June, it said, Everest conquered by Edmund Hillary. I would like a headline like that, that says, Alan conquered through Christ to strengthen him. Jason conquered, Kareen conquered, Wimkoot conquered. Bronwyn conquered. And whoever your name is, put that in that headline. I have conquered through Christ who strengthens me. I stand at the top because my Savior has already been there. May God bless you today. You're going to get challenged on this because we're in that zone. But as you get challenged, remember this word and start doing those small things correct. God commands, Lord, I forgive and I pray that you'll turn this person around. Little bits like that. Just start. Klein trap trekkies. And look at that peace that will flood you. You climbing. You victory. You victory. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you that the Holy Spirit will be the after minister of this word. In everyone's hearts. Show us where we're falling short. That we won't only love those who love us and do good to those who do good to us. But that we will do the opposite of the world system. 
where we will, even if we gain nothing from the person we bless or treat or, 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 or pray for or love, that we will gain victory and inner peace and we'll conquer these mountains. We pray for our country. We pray for our farmers. We pray for the townships. We pray for people in the bad weather conditions without jobs and getting cold and, and terrible circumstances. May there be a touch from you supernaturally that this country will reap a harvest because of Christians who are doing what God commands. And I pray that for each one watching and listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Till next time, God bless you. Have a wonderful week in this cold weather. Thank you.